Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Yeah, you know. Yo, yo, what's good, everyone? And welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherman the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, April 21st, 2021. This is episode 157, and I hope you're ready for one of the best interviews yet. I really do mean that. 157 features one of the most talented DJs from Chicago. He's currently based in Houston. Hopefully, he's coming back soon, though. But he's got a larger-than-life personality that can make anyone smile. It is my honor to have Strategy and Sherman in the booth. Just a fair warning, this isn't a normal interview, but that's what made it so great. In episode 157, we had some great conversation topics. We talked about building a personal brand. Strategy is so much more than a DJ. He is truly an entertainer and brings his unique energy both in person and on a digital format. It doesn't take long to get to know him and that's what makes his brand so special. His online talk and mix show with Dolo, the Strategy and Dolo show, is successful because these guys wear their hearts on their sleeves. No fluff here. We also talked about monetization and had a great conversation on building revenue streams through real fans. Strategy has had a ton of success with his OnlyFans account and has built a business based around what his followers want to see. Exclusive live sets, DJ mixes, unseen footage from events, and so much more. Really, really enjoyed this segment because it's a super hot topic right now as well. There were also a ton of truth bombs in this one, guys. Throughout the entire interview, we both shared some of the realest moments that we both experienced in different ways. Things as serious as the difficulties of avoiding alcohol and nightlife, and also as hilarious as annoying people at the club. Either way, strategy drops some serious knowledge on aspects in and outside of the music industry. Now, it might have been the Tito's soda, or a colorful button-down shirts, or extremely cool sunglasses, but the vibe was right in this interview. I got mad love and respect for strategy and everything he's done so far. I also think we might have finally tipped him over the edge to start his own podcast too. Cannot wait for that. Thank you for coming on, my friend, and I can't wait to see you again soon. Let's get into it right now so you guys can hear this one for yourselves. This is episode 157 with Strategy. I mean, I got a little Tito's in me. I feel like I'm in the club right now. There's bright lights. Bro, we're gonna add, look at us. Yeah, dress for the club. You make me want to get tattoos, dude. Your tattoos are so fucking sick. Dude, thank you. I mean, I want to get more. It's such a process, though. And especially when you're like, I'm in a groove right now of going to the gym. Yeah. And I know that if I, if I miss a couple of days, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done until my next groove. Right. Tattoos fuck that up. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Because you got to, yeah, shit. Yeah. And you don't just get one. Like, you start something. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, some, there's some things going on here. But they, I mean, they have like a nice, uh, it's called like second skin or there's different names for it. It's like a bandage that just, they put on, it sticks to your skin. It's like a medical grade yeah. like, thing. Tattoo and technology tattoo is feels be insane. under it. And then you take it off after five days and it's pretty much healed. There's no like, you got to put lotion every day and make sure it doesn't dry out. And like, <laughs> don't get, don't pick the scabs. Like it's all happening under this bandage. So that's tight. Damn. 
tattoo technology's coming a long way, huh? Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. I always get in an argument with my girlfriend. She's like, I don't want you to get a tattoo. And I'm like, listen, by the time it's time to get this tattoo possibly removed, let's talk about where the technology's going to be. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about the uh, boobs <laughs> Dude, it's very good, though. Yeah, it's a great tattoo. Pony Lawson. Like, those are some great tits. Yeah. Je- these are Jenna's tits, actually. She just had a baby. Which is wow. kind of weird that now. <laughs> I don't know how her baby daddy feels about the fact that I have a tattoo of her breasts on my arm, pre, you know, breastfeeding. Hey, the past is the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, we all do fun things when we're young. Yeah, absolutely. But that was kind of my thought. I was like, tattoos are pretty permanent, but they're not really. Yeah, right. Like, it really can go. I saw a TikTok recently. It looks like technology's come a long way. Yeah, TikTok tells all. TikTok tells all. You do it, and you're crushing the TikTok game, bro. No. What's, they're good, though. It's good, like, TikToks. I hate it, dude. I hate it, too. It's another fucking thing we have to do. The last video that me and Dolo made that was, like, TikTok video, I didn't want to post. I didn't post until Dolo posted it, and he was like, bro, people are loving is it the like really I, recent one? Yeah, the workout video. Dude, that was gold, bro. Was when Dolo funny. goes like yeah, this, that was that, the, that's that. the only part. That's the <laughs> only thing that like saves it. I feel like you're watching and you're like on the fence, and then when that happens, you're like, all right, I'm sold. That dude, that black dude could literally beat us all up, no Savage. problem. He's the front doorman at Bottle <laughs> Houston. Fuck. Mo. No problems. No yeah. problems at Bottle Houston with that guy there. Yeah, he's a big boy. Scary. He's got the accent too. He's like you don't know what he's thinking. He's he's intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So like, did you just say to him one day, "I want to get in shape. We're getting in shape." Uh. Well. Okay. So I've been like I've been trying to uh, work out a lot. Just because the saunas and steam rooms are finally open. Yeah. Before the pandemic, Thank I was God. on a, I was on a good run. I'm a routine guy. Yeah, like same. I need a solid routine, and I was going to the gym and then doing the sauna steam room like legit, like forty five minutes between the two. Like I'm in there. Right. You know what I mean? That feels for some reason that's the best feeling when you're done with that, bro. Cold shower to top it off. You can't beat it, dude. That's literally my shit. You can't. That beat exact that. routine is my shit. Hot cold. But do you get high before? Oh yeah. You know what I do? I take an edible, work yeah, out. Cool. Then I fucking take a steam, sauna, whatever I got to do, cold shower. It's almost like you come out like, I don't know, I feel like I've been reborn. You're a new man. New man. It's all the stress, everything, like, it's like this unexplainable feeling. And I've been recently, like, trying to be more aware of it to try and be able to put it in words more. But it's, I feel like my skin is, like, tighter on my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're tight. Or, 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 like, like. After the sauna, after you sweat everything out, like after you, you're breathing mm-hmm. and you're you're working through the heat and, and powering through it, yeah. at the end of it, it's like not, it, nothing mad. You're like, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Yeah. You know? It's a great feeling. You can do no anything. Stress. Ready to drink. That's what I always think. Ready to drink too. Yeah. I like to do it before <laughs> I go to work. You're loose. Isn't that fucked up? Every time like I'm like really feeling sober and good. Well, I guess not all the way sober, but... Sober to me is not high, I guess. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I, I, sober, to me, if you're sober, you're not on anything. 
Only because yeah. I come from a family of alcoholics. So, like, mm. that word... Like, I remember hearing that word before I even knew what it meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. My dad would be on the phone in the car talking to, like, a sponsee or something. Yeah. Sober, 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 sober. I remember hearing that word so much, and I never knew what the fucking meant. It has connotations to it almost, doesn't it? Yeah. When it, it the, the definition of the word is different for everybody. Yeah, for sure. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Demi Lovato. She's she's California sober. It's California sober. I didn't she's, get that far in she it. She smokes weed. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, that was pretty good, though. It was good. I didn't like her laugh, dude. Her laugh. Hate her me. laugh. Every time she laughed, I was like, ugh. Yeah. You worship Joe Rogan, too? I, I fucking love that guy, bro. Dude. I just feel like... I could trust him. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I could trust him. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you got in a car and went on a road trip with him, I just, like, anything he said, I'd be, dude, this guy knows it. Or, like, the like the things that he talks about or, like, the way that he speaks on things, I feel like he processed the information in the same way that I would. Yeah. Or, like, a normal wonders, guy. wonders the same way, like, sees a headline, but then is like, well, let me yeah. look a little deeper. <laughs> And see what's really good. Yes. So like, he's doing that work for me. Yep. I listen to him. I don't have. I feel like I don't have to do that work. Yeah, you know? he does it for you. I literally for so long. I still believe this. I think he's one of the smartest people in the world because he operates on facts of experts in every field. Yes, you know what I mean. Like you know, bullshitters. They'll say, "I heard this. I saw that." And you're like, "What's your fucking proof?" If I'm Joe Rogan, guess what? I interviewed Neil deGrasse Tyson. Guess what? I interviewed Elon Musk. Guess what? I interviewed a fucking NASA astronaut. Yeah. Guess what? I interviewed the best UFC fighter of all time. You don't think I know my shit? He does smoke a lot, so maybe the facts are a little bit skewed, but I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. He does the hard work for us all. He does the work. I listen. I just listen to that, and I feel like I got the right information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I talk to my mom, and she's like, you know, for my birthday, it'd be really nice if you got the vaccine. You don't have to get me anything. That'll be my present. <laughs> I'm like, Mom, Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan's not getting the vaccine, neither am I. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair, that's fair, that's fair, totally. She's got to understand. You know what I'm saying? I love that, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, Joe Rogan. Probably, he's also the most skeptical guy. But he's a fucking legend, dude. He literally paved a path that you can make as a podcaster in the world. Dude, that's, that's dedication, bro. Dedication. dedication he's got it set up he moved to austin texas shout out texas yeah because he said fuck la like we were talking about before and people come to him i went to austin to see him and Chappelle do the show at Stubbs. did you show it originally got canceled right because Chappelle got covid this was before that okay this is what it, it went down recently right yeah but i think it's back up now okay cool i think yeah Chappelle got uh, uh covid and they weren't doing it for a while but i think it's back but this was a while ago. This was when it was uh, before the snow apocalypse in yeah. Texas. Yeah. Which was what? Like, oh, shit, bro. The end of February? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. For so about it was a week. Before that. But it was cold still. And here's the thing my boy, shots to Fon, DJ Fon in yeah. Houston. I love you, even though you fucked me. <laughs> he got the tickets, like, from a scalper. Yeah. From the internet. Yeah. So we don't have all the information. It's right. not like going on the website and it's like telling you, okay, this is what's happening, this is what's happening. So we're getting the information from this guy who gave us the tickets. <laughs> he tells us we have to be there at 4.30. Yeah. 
early, bro. Four thirty to get COVID tested, and we had no idea that the show was outdoors. Oh fuck, bro! I just have like a sweatshirt on. You thought you were going it. inside. I thought I was going inside. For sure. I would have 40 too. 40 degrees. Oh my God. It's 40 degrees. We get there at 430. Our COVID test takes 25 minutes. We're in at, at before five o'clock. <laughs> the show doesn't start till seven. Oh my God. And you can't leave because now you've been COVID tested. You can't leave because you might go catch it and then come back. Might go catch it. <laughs> um, I got two hours to sit before the show even starts in 40 degree weather. <laughs> What'd you do? I had to buy a, a DJ Trauma sweatshirt, which DJ was a, Trauma a mess. Yeah, that's Dave Chappelle's DJ. Was he like opening? Yeah, yeah. He has a, he has a DJ go on. No shit. Songs. He he sort of does. He sort of hosts. You know, he brings out the next guest. I like that. And shit. Yeah, it's dope. I've always wanted to see Chappelle live. It's dope. That was my second time seeing him. And he, uh, here's the thing: Chappelle went last. Obviously, mm-hmm. I left before he was even done. I was so cold, but Holy I couldn't feel shit. anything. I spent five hours, four hours in 40-degree weather <laughs> just trying to breathe through it, bro. I'm like, I'm like Wim Hof, bro. Wim Hof. Just fucking... <laughs> it was, by the time Chappelle was on, I was like, Joe Rogan killed it, bro. Of course. I've never thought... I love his podcast. I've never really thought his stand-up was great. It's a little aggressive, right? It's Yeah, and, and it's like... I don't, I don't know. I'd have to watch his old stuff now to, to see what I really feel. But I know that I never was in love with his stand-up. I like, agree. I love this guy. There's a lot of podcasters that I feel that way about. Yeah. Not huge on their stand-up, but I love their podcast. Yeah. Um, but he crushed it. Like, this was, this was funny as fuck. Delivery and everything. Everything, dude. He's, he's, I think when he does do good stand-up... He's unlike other stand-up comedians because there's no, like, punchlines. It's like, he's literally just talking and he's funny. Yeah. Like, he just has these perceptions and perspectives and he just explains them to you and then he moves on. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I fuck with that. He, he did a really good job. I'm excited because you know that, like, that's the material that's going to be in his next special. Yeah. He's working out that stuff. Yeah. That he's going to put out. So whenever Dude. his new shit comes out. Where do you think he's going to make his most money, like the end of his life netflix spotify dude sometimes i feel like i feel like some advertisers pay him more or differently than just like the spotify you start the joe rogan experience and then it gives you like those four spotify right. ads that you just skip through skip. Like, nobody listens to that nope you see it ad for yep you know veggie greens or whatever it is and you skip it. skip but there's like the the shit that he does on the show, like when he gave Lex Friedman the watch. Yeah, because that's a sponsor. That's basically. smart. You know what I mean? Oh, so I dude. feel like there's those things, and then he's got like the the Kill Cliff CBD drink that he's yeah. always talking about. Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. They never advertise it like a real ad. I feel like there's a lot of that that goes. True. On. You know, actually, in podcasts, so like because people that listen to podcasts like really listen through, they're like true fans. Yeah. Those people are so likely to buy because they like really trust this person, right? So yes. it's like what you're saying. Joe Rogan will go through, and in some other podcasts, like Dak Shepard's and a few other the popular ones, they'll do a product placement in the middle, and the, the advertiser will pay like double because if you are that deep in the episode, if you're really that big of a fan and they deliver in the right way, you're like 60% more likely to actually buy it yeah. than... In the beginning. Everybody knows in the beginning you skip, 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 skip. Yeah, no one wants to hear that shit. Right? 
I don't want to hear ad read, but like then there's Tim Dillon, who the ad reads are sometimes the best part. The best part. He hates it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. I know, and that's it's really interesting where like the future of podcasting is going because there are millions of podcasts out there. Yeah. But like the top one and two percent take up like a large majority stake. That's the thing too. Like people who watch this podcast and are like listening now are big fans of either me or you. You so, probably. You too. Well, well, but that's the thing. That's the <laughs> that's the interesting thing though is like if you're listening now, you're truly a fan of that person. So yeah. it's like. I don't know why, but I'm a huge fan of Travis Scott, and I have way too much Travis Scott gear. I see the Cactus Jack McDonald's. I literally have like what the fuck is yeah? You wouldn't throw one of those out. Fuck no, bro. It's like sacred to me. You know what I mean? Why? I have no idea. I have literally let's let's show. I don't know why I can't throw these out. It's Cactus Jack McDonald's fucking bags. What am I gonna do with this, dude? I I was I was one of the guys. What am I gonna do with this? I mean, that's tight. It's cool, though, but, like, why? You know? Yeah. So, like, Travis Scott, let's just picture me as big as him. I can say whatever the fuck I'm going to say on this show, and people will say, oh, yeah, Sherm's about it. I'm about it, too. Yeah. Travis, if you're watching. Tra- or anyone who might want to bid on that. You turn that into an NFT, you'll be able <laughs> I, to sell that in fucking 10 minutes. I could turn that into an NFT. Yeah. And then there's, like, a, you know, there's, there's a thing where... If it's an actual tangible item yeah. that you turned into the NFT, if someone buys the NFT, you can send them the, the actual item. What do you think about this crypto shit? I don't know anything about it. Me but neither. I, I did mint a butt plug into an NFT, a butt <laughs> plug that I got in Miami Gardens, Florida, yeah. from Tootsie's Cabaret yeah. at about 2 a.m. on a Friday night, yeah. straight out of a stripper's butthole. God damn. Minted on rarible.com if anyone's interested in buying that. Yeah. <laughs> Product placement right now. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but I don't know anything about it. I, I just obviously see the NFT shit. It's like a weird internet thing that's kind of popular. I was yeah. like, this would be funny. Let me try this. Yeah. I never know what's going to come and go, too. So it's like... Especially with all that crypto shit. Do you remember, um, it was like the invention of Bitcoin, but it was like the black web or whatever, and you could like order shrooms. The dark web, yeah, yeah, the dark web. Silk and Road. There's a, Silk there's Road. A, a Hulu movie on that that I want to watch. Really? I got to watch that really too. Good. You remember that when we were younger though? People were like... Yes, dude. When I was in Arizona, there was, there was a kid who I knew who was buying and selling drugs on the Silk Road, so he had Bitcoin. Because that's what that's you use. Right. That's when I first heard about it. And that's when I was like, how is this money? Yeah. And allegedly, I haven't talked to the kid, but I've talked to a friend who knows. Is okay. it still in contact with him? Allegedly, right. he had a couple of Bitcoins. Oh, fuck. But he, but he doesn't know how to get to them. <laughs> how mad would you be? How fuck. mad would you be if you spent years buying and selling ecstasy on the internet, just making some dough here and there in Dude. college? And you had three or four Bitcoin that you forgot about, and now they're worth what fifty thousand dollars each. Yeah, something crazy. <laughs> I'd be so pissed. Can't get to them. Yeah, they're right there, but you can't. Sucks, dude. Yeah, shout out to Silk Road. Those are the days. I was so confused by that. People be like, "Yeah, dude, this guy got a Molly Rock delivered to his front door." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, ounce I mean, of shrooms. Not the smartest guys. But Definitely not. I wasn't. That's why I was like, I'm not <laughs> getting it. <laughs> I'm fucking high school hearing about this shit. Yeah. I don't think my mom would be cool with that. Who knocks on the door? Who delivers that? 
I think it's UPS just comes in the mail. But like who? Like how does it well, you can't track it because of the Bitcoin, right? That was the whole thing is that right. the Bitcoin is is an untrackable or unfungible or whatever. I don't even know yeah. the words. Like whatever it don't is, you can't me, track yeah. the Bitcoin. Right. So you buy it with that. Using your home address, a little bit more trackable. Definitely. A little bit more trackable. Yeah, you get, a get a P.O. box. box <laughs> get your shrooms delivered there. Are but, you sure that guy wasn't you, bro? You seem to know a lot I'm about it. positive. Yeah. I'm positive. <laughs> I didn't start drinking until I was 25. Are you kidding me? No. And Why? I didn't start smoking weed until I was 28. Is that... Why? Uh, Is that because I, of how you I grew had, up? I, yeah, I had uh, some alcoholism in the family, and I, like that was just my, always my thing. Like I partied. Yeah. Me and my boys, you know, I was always the DD. Yeah designated driver oh, at God, all times. You're the I, homie. Would, I would go to the parties, I'd have fun, yeah. and then I'd drive home. But uh, that was, I was always like, yeah, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink. It's not worth it. Right. Like, I've seen, not even that I've seen like the crazy shit that they've gone through, like, you know, whatever, but yeah. just the work that you have to put in to stay sober. Yeah. And, you know, what it requires to, to, it's just a harder life it looked like. Like yeah. I watched that growing up. I'm like, I don't even want to have to maybe do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But then at 25, it all changed. Do you remember that day? Yeah. Jesse Seeley. Jesse Seeley. Shout out. Chicago uh, OG. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Chicago OG. Um, I was like, I was going out. I was trying to, you know network and and build my name as a dj and all that shit hanging out with people and and i realized that taking shots drinking with people is such a social thing it is it's such like a social lubricant like if you're it's it's fucked up but it's true you know what i mean like if you're in a club and and somebody introduces you to a gm of another club and they're like yo let's take a shot and you're like i don't drink it's like it's not a respectable thing. It's like, Which oh, this guy, this up. guy, it's fucked up. But it's it's what it is. Like whatever. Yeah. It's what yeah. It is. This guy, they you 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 get looked at as like, oh, all right. And then like he they doesn't take party. The shot. He's not right. cool. Yeah. They take the shot. So I noticed that, and I made a conscious decision. I was like, okay, my entire life, I've always looked at alcohol as like I. There's nothing I could get from this. Yeah. You get you drink alcohol and you end up looking like this guy. Yeah. yeah I used yeah. to bartend, bro. At a 5 a.m. bar at Butch McGuire's. Yeah. You saw some bad people. You see some things, bro. I I was a bartender. I never drank in my life. And I just see all these drunk idiots. And I'm like, there's. I never want to look like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like To me, alcohol never brought you anything. But then I realized what it does bring you. Yeah. And I was like, if I got to take a shot Mm -hmm. to get a gig, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So I started drinking. Uh, at first I was just like, that's all it was. I was like, all right, I'll just, I'll take these shots, you know? Yeah. Just to kind of get the gig, move yeah, on. Yeah. Nah, you know, I drink, I don't have a problem or anything, but no, drinking. it's a good time. Drinking, honestly, just getting drunk and even like DJing drunk. Mm-hmm. If you have self-awareness and you can realize what's happening, cause you're a better, I'm a better DJ drunk and i think most people are yeah because you're a little bit more loose for sure so even when i'm not drinking if i can get if i can remember that mind state you know what i mean absolutely like like, 
you can think like, all right, if I was drunk, like I'd be a little loose. I'd yeah. play whatever the fuck I want. You, right. you kind of understand a whole new mind state. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you can tap into that whether you're drunk or not. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. There's, I was DJed for the first time on Saturday night in a year, like I told you. And you know, you drink for free when you DJ too. Right. So it's like, they offer it to you and you're like, I guess. Yeah. Almost. You know what I mean? Like you're saying, it's, if it's free, it's me. If it's free, it's we're, me. We're Jewish. Let's be honest. <laughs> Are we you like Jewish? Shit. I got Larry David. I got the God. Bro, I never <laughs> yeah. even noticed that. Yeah. No shit. I just got a Larry David shirt delivered today. The God. Dude, the GOAT. Yeah. The He's the most important guy in my life. Dude, there's nobody better. There's nobody better. He encompasses a whole lifestyle of Jewish people. Like, <laughs> my dad is, there's so many similarities, it's absurd. And I asked my good friend who's known me for a long time and my dad, like my dad taught him the up and under in basketball, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we still make fun of him for how he delivered it. But I said, what percentage Stuart Sherman am I? And he said, about 27%, but I've seen you go north of 50 on the right time. And I'm like, told my girlfriend that. And she goes, no, you're not. And I go, yeah, yeah, it's happening. Yeah. It's going down. Yeah, it's out of my control. Yeah. I just, what am I doing right now? You know what I mean? And I go, I go Jerry Seinfeld here and there. Can't those, help it. Those are the guys though. Dude, they're like the guys. Are the best guys. They get it. They they are who they are, and they don't give a fuck. Yes, dude. Dude, my my grandpa, his name was Schlockman. Probably, I don't know if it gets more Jewish than that. Uh, maybe like a Schlockmanstein. Schlockmanstein Bush. Yeah. Schlockmanstein Bush. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's next level right there. He changed his last name to avoid racial discrimination. He opened up a fucking men's clothing store called Dodds. Dodd's Men's Clothing in Queens, New York. Okay, that's where my dad's from. Okay. So, from the most Jewish of Jewish places, right? And my whole life, I've just been, like, always so appreciative and, like, I don't even know how to say it, enamored by, like, the culture of Judaism. You know what I mean? And I think for people like you and I, like, you got Larry David tattooed on you, which is, like, pretty incredible. Yeah. But we're not so religious, kind of, like the older generations, but there's a culture to it. Like when Jewish guys hang out together, we get along pretty much right away. I think it's a thing. And and it's like that with Jewish girls too. Yeah. And I think that's what makes most people hate us. Yeah. (laughs) It's not the religion. No, it's It's not not the the religion at all. You guys killed Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) It's the fucking, yeah. It's it's like, like why are you guys so fucking happy? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm always looking for a laugh. I think that's kind of a Jewish thing, right? Yeah, for sure. Because it, well, it's like a laugh at yourself in the dumb things that you do, right? Yeah. Like, a, like an episode of Curb. Right. Like how he oh. exacerbates, like exaggerates Dude. all that shit. Like when he when he didn't say thank you for your service oh. to the guy because oh. everyone else said it. Everyone else already <laughs> said it. Seven people said it. Why do I got to say it? That's like I fucking live for that, bro. I live for that. Dude. That is probably one of the best episodes. Oh, man. You know what the last season really like? Dude, I'm, exci- I'm excited for the newest one. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm on fucking pins and needles, bro. Yes. Can't wait. Yes. But the you know... Hat, I need it. I was telling my brother. I was like, God, yeah. I need a fucking MAGA hat now. I'm not a Trump guy. <laughs> that was so but like, now I need one. funny. Yeah. 
my brother and I, we love J.B. Smoove. Yeah. And we went to go see him at Talia Hall, actually, speaking of stand-up comedy. And, God, just, like, the whole energy of that show is something else. And that's the thing, too, is some people are like, how can you, like, curb your enthusiasm? And I'm like, how can you not? Yeah. There's the, it's definitely a niche. But when you, like, I think it's this, it's kind of the same thing that makes me love podcasts because you get to see how somebody's mind works. Yep. In the moment. You know, like, you can watch that show and you know when they're off, uh, you know, off script. Yeah. Off script. Yeah. They're just uh, improv. Yep. You know? And it happens you could a lot. See, you could see that. You could tell that. And, like, that's why I love watching the comedy podcast because they're just talking. And then somebody makes a joke, mm-hmm. and then you see the other guy's face kind of light up. And yep. You know he's coming with a joke. Yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. You just get to see the workings of their mind work right in front of you. Dude, it is the best. It is the best. And I think that's kind of what, like, the essence of life is all about. It's just, like, enjoying the moment, having conversation, not thinking about what am I going to get out of this conversation or where is this leading to or, like, do I want to be here? It's just, like, enjoying yourself. Yeah, and I think that I see that a lot in like the culture, at least of, of younger Jewish people today. And dude, <clears throat> if it was up to me, I'd go to Jewish pregames all the time. You want to talk about fucking people that like to drink and taking <laughs> shots? We all sign an unwritten contract together when you fucking do this. Like we're drinking a lot tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a party atmosphere. Too much. Speaking of parties, off the dome, what's the craziest party or event you've ever DJed? Um, dude, it's gotta be like. One of the first times I was in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, bro. Milwaukee dude, goes so hard. They have you DJed there? I have not actually DJed there, but I've partied there many okay. times. Yeah. yeah, great place. Like when you say Milwaukee, people are like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are we talking like Wisconsin? Are we talking about the same place?" I'm like, "Bro, you have yeah. no idea. This is literally just a town. It's yeah. a city mm-hmm. full of people who have nothing better to do yeah. but to drink, and they all." like to have fun doing it it's right not it's not going out and being the coolest person in the yep, room yeah even though there is bottle service this and that the vibe is not that very the limited. vibe is everybody's here to party yep and they, so true dude milwaukee was like one of the first places that really loved and went hard for the send nude shit mm-hmm. like i would go to milwaukee i remember one of the first times we went we just had girls come to the hotel room and we were like, we had a little basketball hoop that we put on their asses, their thongs. <laughs> they like took their pants off. We were shooting <laughs> baskets, just doing Fuck stupid yeah. shit. Like they were, they were just down for that. Like that yeah. sounds fun. We're here for a good time. Fuck Let's yeah. Let's do that. God, Milwaukee goes hard. Shout out to MKE. And you know what? They're fucking. They just released this whole. I think you probably know DJ Dex. Like they just released yeah, this whole funny. like Lucid Light Lounge and I shit. Saw that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I like that, and that's the coolest part of Milwaukee to me is, is exactly what you said. It's like they're doing their fucking thing, and the people that are doing it there, like how many Chicago's are there, or how many DJs are there trying to make it in Chicago, right? Hundreds, Lots. thousands, maybe. Like when you involve the burbs and shit. Yeah. When you look at Milwaukee, there there's certainly a large amount, but like they're not like trying to come to Chicago all the time and shit. They're like, we love it here. This is our home. We want to fucking make it awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's what's special about it. It's a great place. It's a great place to party. It is. And it's so funny. You just go fucking 90 miles north, right? When you cross that border, everything changes. Everything changes. Yeah. The accents, the beer, the attitude. Yeah. The thickness. The thickness. <laughs> yeah. What about the ladies in Milwaukee? 
They look good, bro. They I look remember good. the first couple of times I was going down there, I was like, bro, I'm, I'm going to find my wife. Here. <laughs> I mean, I, I like dirty girls. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. For sure. <laughs> Thank you. I need honesty on this podcast, man. That's what I need more of. I just want to have slow sex with fast women. Oh. <laughs> Let's unpack that. I just want to make, make love to them a, a little bit. Slow down, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's a fast woman, do you mean? Like a fast woman is like a woman who's not going to be there the next day. Oh. You know what I mean? And and not because of me. Not because I don't want her. She got things to do. She's got appointments. <laughs> yeah. Not a job, nothing like that. She's, no. she's got appointments. Appointments, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, wow. Fast women don't have real jobs. Yeah, that's true. They're, they kind of bounce around. They have appointments. They have appointments, yeah. They get money in different places. Yeah, they get it. They're hustlers themselves. <laughs> They're maybe out hustling you when it comes down to it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's where I find myself. Most of the time, I'll, like, I'll hook up with a chick, and I'm like, damn, that was fire, bro. Right, right. Gonna, I want to do that again. Mm-hmm. And I'll hit her up, and I get iced. I'm, I get hit it and quit it. Everyone thinks that the guys are out here hitting and quitting. Yo, ever since Rihanna... Did her thing, started changing the whole mindset. <laughs> These girls are savages, bro. Damn, bro. These girls are out here savages. You getting played, strategy? I'm getting played every time, bro. <laughs> Damn, bro. That's that's tough. Have you? What's the, what's the longest out. you've had a girlfriend for? If you've had any? Man, uh, the longest maybe a little bit over a year, but uh, most recently over quarantine, I had a girlfriend. Really? How'd you meet? Yeah, I mean, well, she was a bartender at Soundbar. Okay. Shout out Soundbar. Oh, yeah. I love Soundbar. Yeah, it's the best. When are they coming back? They'll be back. I just saw Lawrence, actually, on Friday. Is he still working there? He's going to be. Yeah, he said he's bouncing around. He's doing a lot these days, bro. But yes, I like that guy. Yeah, he's the Doesn't say a lot. I feel like I don't know him at all. (laughs) Very nice guy. (laughs) But yes, nice guy. Yeah, man, a few words. Yeah. I'm always like, try, I always like try and crack a joke or something and just get nothing. He yeah. just like looks at me and then walks away to go do something yeah. else. And I'm like, well, I probably lost my job. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm back the next week. Um, yeah, she was a bartender at Soundbar. And uh, we were hooking up like right before quarantine. Amazing girl. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. Um, and then obviously quarantine happened and it's like, why wouldn't you just be with this person? You right. know what I mean? Right. It's like, it was the perfect situation. It was, I like, bro, I had like, oh, uh, like a, a part-time wife. Yeah. It was great. Like, I didn't have anything to do. We weren't doing anything during quarantine. I believe the essence mm-hmm. of love comes down to how well do you get along together when there's nothing else to do. Yeah. Well, but, and here was the best part is she would come on Thursday night. Yeah. She would come and stay with me Thursday night, leave on Sunday afternoon. So she was there for the whole weekend. Yeah. We spent the, every minute together, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then she would leave. We'd get our little break. Yeah. She's doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. And then after Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, it's like, ah, oh, I kind of miss her. She comes back. And then Sunday rolls around, and you're like, I don't miss her anymore. I'm ready for her to go. She leaves. It was amazing. I don't think you could get, like, it was just this most perfectly crafted situation. Yeah, that's a good life. 
it was amazing. And now I'm like, I'm like trying to reach that again, but it's not, it's not possible. It's, I'm working, she's working, like, yeah, crazy. So crazy. wait, wait, wait. Are you living with Dolo in Houston though? No, no. Okay, so you guys live separately. Yeah, and when we lived here, I live. We lived in a two flat. I lived on the first floor. He lived on the second floor. So we right, have our own apartments, that. but yeah. we live together. Right, right, right. Which is especially finding out now, now that we don't live together, we live kind of far. He lives like. 20 miles outside of like downtown Houston. God damn. Which in Texas is like normal. It's not that far. Well, and for those that don't know, Houston's huge. Yeah, Houston's huge and everything is kind of far. Right. Chicago, everything goes up. Yeah. I feel like in Houston, everything goes out. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're finding out now that that's a huge part of our success in anything that we were doing was the fact that we were so close to each other and could just work whenever we had time to work. Knock on the door. Now it's like we're working on Wednesdays. We start at noon. Fuck. Done at seven usually because we got shit to do, whatever. Right. It's getting, it's adjusting now. Now it's like it's a different thing because before we were just round the clock. Right. 2 a.m. comes home. Yo, what are you doing? Oh, I'm chilling. All right, let's fucking, let's make a video. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not like that anymore. It's harder. It's tougher. It's tough to like, Cause you know that creative energy just some it just like comes sometimes. You never sometimes know. Sometimes it's not there. So when it's a planned out thing, it's forced. But I feel like with anything, the more that you do it, the more yeah. that you kind of you know. Absolutely, bro. I want to know more about your guys' relationship because you guys are like so fucking funny. Thank you. Together, how did you guys originally meet? How long have you guys known each other? Uh, probably like five years now. Okay. Six years. Seems like a lifelong relationship, bro. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, I met him. I mean, you know, when I was DJing, trying to build the brand and everything, he was doing the same thing. I think he was, he was further along than me. He was like Thursday night resident at Underground. So this opening, is like, I think. yeah, cause he's been crushing it in Chicago yeah. for a long time. Yeah, he was definitely... He, he kind of started in uh, Boys Town, I think, and mm-hmm. Scarlet. Yeah. And made his way, I think, to Underground and like sort of broke into like the downtown River North scene and everything. Yeah. yeah. So he was doing a lot of the clubs that I like wanted to do. Right. You know? Yeah. And uh, it was one night at Underground. I remember I was in there after DJing at Stout, so it was late night. Nice. Know, like 3 a.m. or something. R.I.P. to Stout. God damn. R.I.P. to Stout. Yeah. And uh, Dolo was in there, and we had seen each other or whatever. And uh, he w- he was all wasted and shit. I was I was uh, <laughs> just started drinking, yeah. so I'm like being a bitch about it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he had like he had these two girls with him because I think he had got done DJing, you know. Yeah. And we were talking whatever. And, and I started hitting on the girl that he wasn't talking to. Yeah. I'm like, all right, he's got this girl. This other girl's here. Fair. I'm to talk to her. Yeah. He comes up to me and he's like, bro, we're about to take this girl in the bathroom and DT her right now. <laughs> and I was like, word? <laughs> and like, she was like, I look at her and like, I'm looking for her to be like, yeah, it's going down. And she yeah. was just like, kind of like, didn't know what was going on. So I'm like. This is my guy. First and foremost, this right here is my guy. This is my guy. You know, you know it's your guy when he goes to give you his girl. Yeah. That's like a that's like a 
like a safari, like a like a wildlife lion oh. version of you know offering like a peace offering. No, you know what I mean. He gave you part of himself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So right then and there, I was yeah. like, "This is my guy." Right. That didn't happen. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably that not the time happen. or place. Uh, but yeah, that that was it. And then honestly, we started making music together. It was the first thing that we ever started doing together. We were like, it was it was festivals were big and everything, and and you this know, is like 2015, 2016, 17 area. Yeah, yeah, 15, 14, 15, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We're, we're idiots, bro. Yeah. We are idiots. So we're like trying to think. We're like, all right, we want to get we want to get big. Festivals yeah. are big. We got to make music. Right. Let's come up with like a good name. Yeah. Like who, like, what's a name that somebody would put on their flyer just because of the name? Yeah. Like, smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we come up with Pill Cosby. <laughs> Fucking shit, dude. We come up with Pill Cosby, make like a logo for it and everything, and we're just making music. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I swear to God. That is even better now, of course. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this was in the middle. This was like before he got accused and everything, or not accused, but like uh, sentenced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, this yeah, was yeah. like when the accusations were happening. Or Smart. It was. Yeah. So, yeah, we did that, and, uh, did you get on any festival lineups? No, no, no. We made, like, hip-hop shit, you know what I mean? Which was yeah. not, like, a festival <laughs> thing. But that's kind of where what we both love is hip-hop. Yeah, yeah, So that's kind of that's kind of where we went with it. But then, um... <laughs> I'm trying to think of the timeline. We, we did that. It, nothing really came of it, whatever. And then the Send Nudes shit happened. 2016, I was right? With, yeah, that was that was like 15, 16 now. Yeah. I was with Dolo in Miami when that all happened. And then I started making the Send Nude stickers, and that sort of like became a thing in my Snapchat. Didn't you just put it on a hat? Isn't that yeah, the first started? thing was the hat. The first thing was the hat. We were in Miami. We were at Shake Shack in the mall. I forgot what the name of the mall is, but it's like a like old orchard. like Downtown Miami, mall. though, right? Yeah. Uh, I think it was um, uh, South Beach. Okay, yeah, yeah. got Beach. you, got you. And we, our whole time in Miami, all we were doing was going to strip clubs. We're like, this is stripper palooza. We're going to every strip club. Any strip club we see, like, if we see it, we're going in. Dude, you guys are the two most so we're guys eating, of all time. we're eating burgers at Shake Shack, and I'm like, bro, if we're going to these strip clubs, I need a hat. I yeah. need a hat that says send nudes on it. Yeah, makes sense. So we literally went to the lids in that mall, got the hat made. And I'm in the strip club with the hat, and the strippers love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So then I was like, damn, <laughs> people love this. And I got people hitting me up on social media like, yo, I want a hat, I want a hat, I want a hat. Yeah. Like, All right, people like this. I'm just going to put my DJ name on the side. Yeah. Because, you know, it said set nudes on the front. Yeah. And I, I'm like, I'm just going to, like, try and sneak this in. Yeah. People like set nudes. I'm just going to give them set nudes, but they're going to get... Ride like, the fucking wave, baby. Strategy, yeah, right? you fucking cast this giant tsunami, bro. Of course. Yeah, so, had the hats, and then I was like, I'm getting stickers made. Yeah. Send nudes, and then DJ Strategy under it. And I was just passing out the stickers. So, the Snapchat was kind of blowing up a little bit. I was getting, like, views. And me... And, and then it was like, 
okay, I get these views. People like seeing this send nude stuff when I'm out. I'm yeah. putting stickers on girls. What the hell do I do on a Monday during the day? Yeah. Like, what am I going to post? Yeah. And Dolo's a big lowrider guy. So he just started building his lowrider. He had this, I think it's a 97 Lincoln. Jesus. And uh, we would roll around in there and we would just kind of talk shit that's all we do yeah we just talk shit essence of a good friendship yeah about <laughs> the things that happened over the weekend like the people that we would encounter that we were like that's the worst guy ever yeah like i don't ever want to see that guy yep. ever again in my life <laughs> like the guy that just continuously freestyles yeah you're trying to have a conversation with that. <laughs> he's listy he thinks he's jack harlow there's like a beat on that it's not an instrumental it's a it's a song there's somebody already rapping on it and he's drunk in the club rapping to you. And you're like, what are you doing, bro? Get away from me and I don't ever want to see you again. It's been a minute since those guys popped around because they yeah. got fucking cast out. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So we would like talk shit on the Snapchat. We called it Lowrider Talks. Yeah. And then everyone was like, yo, this is hilarious. We love this. You guys need a show. Yeah. And we were like, I mean, they, they, they're they telling us. A show. Let's think. Not like, we need a social media page. You guys need a fucking show. Yeah, yeah. They were like, you need a show. And that was right when Facebook Live started. Yes. I remember these, dude. And we and we started the Strategy and Dolo show. Which God. was us just... Not Pill Cosby. This was not Pill Cosby. We left Pill Cosby in the dust. <laughs> that didn't work out. R.I.P. Yeah. Goes down with Stout. Yeah. Jesus. And, and yeah, we did the Strategy and Dolo show, which was basically that. Just us... On there talking shit about all the things we wrote down that we wanted to talk shit about. We made lists like, like the best, the best girl you could bring on a boat in a Chicago summer. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, dude, it was like the that. best content. I remember <clears throat> I moved to Chicago in 2015, which is like right before the start, stuff started happening for you. And I think I had seen you DJ or something, and you crushed it. But I remember the send nudes thing like really went viral, bro. Like. You you can't even underplay it. it. I don't. I and I don't think by any means that I like invented send nudes. No, of course you know not. What I mean, like, but that you was an already marketed it. Term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I feel like it was around, of course, but you put it on a poster, so to speak. Yeah. And I just was like, dude, this guy is like fucking insane. And then the strategy and Dolo show came around, and I remember I I you may know this guy. His name's Ross V Hill, but he knew Dolo. <clears throat> he, he's my he's he's my boss he's a great guy but he okay. knew Dolo just from like the club scene and shit and he was like dude you gotta watch this guy's <laughs> videos and that's how I discovered yeah. you again yeah, and I was like idiots. this is like just pure content and low key bro like you, you, I haven't ever told you this but like that was right when I was thinking about starting the podcast and or I was doing it and I was thinking about like how can I make this interesting how can this be cooler and I was kind of like, you know, in the beginning when you're starting to do content or anything, it's you feel weird about it to a certain extent, right? Very, yeah. And I saw you just like being yourself. And I was like, dude, this guy's saying like fucking the send nude shit. He's just talking about people that he hates. Like that was really a rebirth of social media when it was so honest that it hurt some people. But that yeah. was the truth about it. And you really did inspire me to just be like, fuck it. I'm going to be unapologetically Sherm and I'm not going to worry about what someone might think of this because the longevity in all of this is me being myself and look at you now you're dude like you are who you are right 
Yeah, yeah. No, for first of all, thank you. That's yeah. dope. That's super dope to hear. Yeah, man, for real. That. Seriously, like, <clears throat> and to any creators out there, don't be afraid. Especially this cancel yeah. culture shit, it's really intimidating. Yo, and the cancel culture was like a thing that started right when we started. It did. It's it been around. Right, like it, it started getting big. So that was always a thing too, was like, can we say that? Do we even, look, for a minute, my brother, I have an older brother, uh, he was like a social justice warrior. Like a <laughs> fucking canceler. Right? Damn. Like he was serious. So for a minute, we had this group chat called isthisracist.com. <laughs> and, we, you know, we would come up with an idea because we're not fucking, like, racist dudes. But at this point, it's like anything, anything. could be misconstrued as yes. racism. And, like, I'm, we're like, we don't want to get caught up in any of that. Yeah. So we would, you know, come up with an idea. And then we'd have to text my brother. <laughs> <laughs> isthisracist.com. Yeah. And, you know, some things... Did a lot get denied. He cut, he cut out. Yeah, some yeah, things yeah. he cut out. Yeah. At least you... <laughs> He ran it through the jury. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun time. But fuck cancel culture, bro. I'm over that shit. I know. And, and the more that I watch these comedy podcasts, and the more I like, it's so inspiring. The Patreon movement, the paywall movement, all that shit, dude. Yep. That shit is so to get. And, and the comedy podcast I love because I love comedy, but even more, what makes it hit is the way that they talk about performing goes so hand in hand with DJ. Mm -hmm. Everything they say from like bombing to the energy in the room yeah. to just like anything that they talk about when they talk about doing stand up, I'm like I know that feeling. Yeah. I know everything you're saying but so not true. from doing stand up from DJ. <clears throat> Don't you think it maybe like at the foundation of that is people never considering that stand up comedy and DJing are performance art? Yeah. They yeah, are sure. performance arts. For sure, yeah. I mean, nobody really understands what a DJ does. And nobody understands what, and nobody understands how a stand-up comedian can do what he does. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, and just to, say, just to throw this out there, I think that stand-up is way harder than DJing. Yeah. Because I have a, a medium in between me and the crowd. I'm right. working with something to give them what's in my head. As yeah. a stand-up, you're standing there with a microphone... <laughs> I feel like I could barely form sentences when I'm, you know, talking to my ex-girlfriend trying to tell her how I feel. <laughs> if I'm in front of a crowd of people trying to make them laugh. Yeah, like, laugh, laugh. Oh my God, I couldn't even imagine, like, the the anxiety and no, the, the, the panic and, like, the feeling of saying something that you think's funny and then just getting nothing. And oh. you're like... How small would you feel? You and know what I mean? But dude, those guys say that that's what makes you... You have to go through that. It's true. Nobody doesn't go through that. It's so true. They all talk about... I mean, you heard on Joe Rogan, the comedy store, right? Yeah. Like, in all of those places around the country, it's wild to think that they do have to go through the boo and the, like, you suck and, like, no one laughing. Like, that's demoralizing. A hundred percent. And, and there, I feel like there is that in the DJ world. Yeah. But not... Anywhere near to that extent, you can like fuck up a transition or yeah. maybe have done a better you feel set. It. You feel it. Oh, it's, you it's a nasty up, you feeling. You fucking feel it in your <laughs> chest, in your stomach. But I can only imagine it's times a hundred if you're if you're doing stand up instead of DJing. Dude, shout out to the stand up comedians out there. It's tough. I want to try it one day. You I want to do Kill Tony. Have you ever watched Kill Tony? Yeah, yeah of course. I want to do Kill Tony one day. One day I'm gonna do it. I just started watching that. 
You should. Maybe in like three years or something. No, not that long. <laughs> you just got to go out there and fucking it's, do it. It's in Austin now, so it's right there. Bro. Is it? Yeah. Fuck yeah. You should do it. I, I, I definitely want to, for sure. Have you thought about, like, I mean, you've had s- such an awesome career already as a DJ, and it's obviously, like, your main forefront. Have you thought about other ways outside of maybe the strategy and Dolo show and DJing that you'd want to pursue a passion, make another source of income, whatever it might be? Yeah, definitely uh, podcasting 100% is something that I want to do. I love doing it. You've got to do it. You're I doing great love, right now, by the I way. I love doing it. Thank you. This is what it. I'm already literally I've been laughing this entire time, bro. I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You know, I have uh, me and Dolo. I mean, what we did was essentially a podcast. Yeah. We didn't call it a podcast. And it had a little bit more format to it. We would, we'd have no cards with things. Yeah. But there's a lot of podcasts that have formats. Like, you watch Bad Friends. Yeah. You know, they play games and do shit on For sure. Like that. So I feel like I've been doing it for a while now. Yeah. But never in the traditional sense of a podcast. But, you know, now I got a party with strategy on my YouTube channel. Yes. So I'm, Finally. I'm starting. And, I, and I'm... I just want to do it. Like my goal is to do it every week. Yeah. To do it, to get it done, put yeah. it out. Yeah. In, in that we were talking about that earlier. It's yeah. like the steps of doing this is more than just doing. It. Like I can do it. I can get on Zoom with my boy and record. Yeah. But that's not it. No. Now you got to go back, add the intro, edit it, take out the part where I pissed and edit that, and then you got to take that. And then upload it to YouTube. Yeah, bro. And title it and make a thumbnail. Yo. There's all these steps. <laughs> That's just so much more than just doing it. Thank you for saying the steps because a lot of people, even they see it at this level, you know what I mean? Like, it, this isn't even like the max level, but there are so many steps. Yeah. And cons- it's so easy to get lazy. Dude, that's my biggest thing is don't be lazy. You know when you're like, you know when you got a water bottle on the floor of your car here and you're getting out of your car and you look at <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I could throw that out. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not. But I, I could also just leave it for later because it's not going to matter. Yeah. That's like, I'm like, don't be lazy, just throw it out. Yep, there you go. That's the only, like, don't be lazy. Anytime I think about it, anytime I catch myself thinking, I'll do it later. No, don't be lazy, just do it. It's that's true. Like, that's what helps me. Just fucking do it. Don't be lazy. It's true, bro. To to quote Carmen Rossi, who just was on the show, like we talked about. The legend. The legend, man. That extra 20 minutes, 30 minutes, hour, that's the difference between 99% and 1%. And that's what I've learned is like, if you can make whatever you're doing 1% or 2% better, and you know that it's going to take an extra hour of work, do it. Yeah, for sure. And it's really, really tough because it's so much easier to say fuck it I'm gonna fucking smoke some weed I'm gonna drink a beer I'm gonna go do this and it's also like that fine line you have to play of how hard am I working myself Mm -hmm. but the fact is work to a certain extent like when you DJ like at what point in your DJ career were you DJing the most like seven five six seven nights a week yeah six or seven well even not even that when I when we were doing the strategy and dolo show and the send nudes thing was popping yeah Every night. Every night. You have to go out. Yeah. Even if you're not DJing. You have to be seen. Like on Tuesday, we did our show on Tuesday. Yeah. After a show that we felt like was good, it was like, we're fucking going. Right. Out. We're reaping the <laughs> benefits of what we just did. We're going out. We feel good. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. And, and it's all that's all it is is just go out, which is counterproductive to ninety nine percent of anyone <laughs> else's job. Yeah. But as a DJ, that's how you get work. You go out. If you want to DJ at a place, you gotta be at that place. Exactly. You have to know the people, the people have to know you. And then when it's that when it's that moment where it's like, oh shit, you know, uh, DJ fucking Charles is too wasted to DJ. Who are we going to get to DJ? Oh, bro, Sherm. Yeah, right place, right I time. See him, I see him every Tuesday night. Every every Tuesday night when we do industry night, he's here. Yup. Boom. You're in. Dude, and that that's a great example, like the Be Nice Collective too, right? Like how, yeah, how, they, how they all came up. They were there. They, they didn't just like come in expecting anything, right? Support the scene. Yeah. What would be like your number one piece of advice for any up and coming DJs that are trying to make it? The number one for sure for me is is take the advice of somebody who's in the position that you want to be. A hundred percent. That's how I got anywhere. DJing was listening to Architect. Yeah. Who was like my big bro, my mentor, whatever. Yeah, bro. He like I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. He said when he said something to me, I was like, this guy is. This guy is doing what I want to do, mm-hmm. and he's telling me what I need to do yep. to do what he's doing. Yeah. If I don't do it, I'm an idiot. Yeah. If I do it and it doesn't work, whatever. Yep. But if I don't do it, I lost. All right? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's giving me the, the keys. So true. Something that I always think about when it comes to like podcasting, DJing, producing, whatever it is. There's a there's a very smart theory that I believe to be very very accurate, and it's autobiographies of successful people. You could be as successful as Winston Churchill, it could be Barack Obama, it could be Michael Jordan, right? They're writing about exactly how they got to where they are, and it's the same fucking thing when DJs and producers and podcasters tell you, listen to them, hundred percent. Don't reinvent the fucking wheel. No. Once you get in the position to perform then that's when you can showcase your unique ability. But so many people think that they're going to reinvent the fucking wheel. And that's, that's great advice. Uh, yeah, I think about that all the time, bro. Like, he, get, he gave me the opportunity here and there, you know, when it came up. Yeah. But more than anything, he gave me the feedback yeah. that I took and used to help myself. Yeah. Because he's, he's trying to help me. And how important was it, though, that you made the concerted effort to follow up, to introduce yourself, to be known? For sure. Yeah. I mean, he told me, he, I remember he, he told me I have to go out every night. Every night there is an industry night. Monday yeah. night is somewhere, Tuesday night is somewhere, Wednesday night is somewhere. Yeah. He was like, you have to go out every night that you're off. Just go meet the DJ. He even he told me, he's like, you can tell that he, he gave me the blessing to like the cosign. To say, like, you know, I'm architects, my homie. Like, architects told me yeah. to come here and meet you. Right. And right when they heard that, it was automatic, like, a little bit of respect off the bat. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, shit, like, here, jump on. Here, yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't like I'll hear you out. love, but it was like, okay, architect is the homie. Good yeah. DJ. Yeah. Amazing DJ. You right. know what I mean? Right. So, cool. Right. I'm fucking Dante. I'm Jersey. I remember meeting Jersey at Sub 51. Yeah. And Dante at Bull and Bear. So sick. And you just went and you walked up and you introduced yourself. Yeah. I was literally like, yo, Architect told me to come through and, and just meet you. Yeah. 
and they were just like, yeah, okay, cool. But like, still had a little bit of respect. And yeah. Like, that's just how you fucking. It's how you do it in life. It doesn't even have to apply to DJing. Like, yeah. You ha- it's all about relationships, man. Life is all about it. It's not about making it in any industry. Yeah. And, and Jersey gave me a CD, I remember. Yeah. Scam artist mix CD. Shout out Scam. That we played at my boy's birthday party. No shit. This is CD strategy? <laughs> yeah. I, well, That's it was, how old we're getting. The CD was dated for sure. Yeah. Like, he could have handed me a USB, <laughs> but he's like, yo, I still got <laughs> these box in my garage, so yeah. take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fucking legendary. Yeah. When did you feel like consciously in your head, okay, I've become a really good DJ? How long did it take you to get there? I still don't feel like I'm that good because there's so many other DJs that are amazing. It's true. You know? And that's the other thing is like, I don't ever really want to feel like, I feel like I'd be an asshole if I was walking around like, I'm, yeah, I'm the fucking shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's like a balance. And there are between, DJs like that. Yeah. There's a, yeah, that's not really me. There's like, there's a balance between like understanding your value, but also knowing that you, you can't, because if you if you think you're too good, you're never gonna learn more. Yeah, you know. So true. You know, DJ Heavy said something just like that. Always be learning from the younger generation. Generation. Always be trying to up your own level. Yeah, that was that was something. You know, obviously I said architect gave me the cosign, and him he he kind of was like, yo, at some point you have to do this as well. Yeah, yeah. And Eddie Mills. You know Eddie Mills? Of course, bro. The fucking God, bro. I haven't seen that guy in so long. Dude, he's the man. Shout out Eddie Mills if you're watching yeah. this. Legend. He, Underground legend. He would always say the same thing. He's like, bro, you have to like, you have to pass it on. Yeah. It's like a thing. Like, I, It's like, it's part of the community, part of DJing. Like, yep. It's, it's what it is. So even doing that, co-signing somebody, whatever... When they hit you up with like a problem yeah. or, or like a question or something, it just brings you back. It reminds you. It's like, oh shit, I could use this too. Like you give them the answer that you know from yeah. your experience. Right. And just doing that reminds you like, okay, I have this knowledge and you can apply it to something else that's happening. You know <laughs> what I mean? It, yeah, it keeps sure. you educated and reminded that you have done things and you can continue to do things like you know someone hit me up about a like a pay for a gig they're like I got this gig that's gonna give me this much money but it's not really a good look yeah it's not like a great place to DJ I got this place that's like a really dope place to DJ but they're not giving me as much money right so you know and then you give them the answer to that and it just reminds you because I'm still in that same spot too not at those two places yeah yeah but at different places right yeah it's a little reminder that I can apply that same thing to myself as well right there's levels to the shit but the idea basically stays the same the concept yeah Yeah. when it comes to a city like Chicago part of the Midwest right and yeah. now you hold on before you ask this yeah. I gotta pee this is a thing bro I have the smallest bro. bladder ever let's, any strategy let's in take a bathroom show break. you could ever watch let's take a bathroom pee break pee in bro. the middle of it let's take where's a bathroom. your bathroom at right around this way I'll go pee after you <laughs> right. I'm glad we both got small is that a Jewish guy thing bro it must I be know. I cannot hold my piss for the life of me <laughs>
That's a strong stream. Actually, like, so glad you said that. That feels incredible. You know what? You just made me realize before every interview starts, I'm gonna say, if you gotta take a bathroom break, you just let me know. Yeah. Oh. I pissed too. Thanks for welcome. Hi. You need to top off? No, no, I'm good. I gotta drive. Alright, forgot. <laughs> Dude, this interview is like way too much fun. Yeah, it's a great time. I'm having a blast. The vibe in here, the vibe in here is strong. Yes. I feel like I get lost in this set because like I'm looking at you right. and everything else is kind of blinded out by the lights. You're only so in you're here. Kinda, yeah. I feel like that too. I tried to go for that. I went through like so many different setup ideas. I literally hired a, um, a podcast consultant actually on that same website. Nice. And I asked, I told him, I was like, here's exactly what I want. I want it to feel like a real studio and shit. But yeah, he hooked it up, bro. So... I'm glad. Thank you for the kind words. Okay. All right, we're back after a quick potty break. Uh, dude, there is nothing like the feeling of after you've pissed. Oh, dude, some, I swear to God, in high school, I used to drink a lot of water just so I had to pee. <laughs> and I would try my dude. hardest to hold it as long as I could because it feels better when you come. feels better than when you come to, to finally release a piss that you've been holding in. That's the best piece of content we've had here on Sherman. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, fuck yeah. Yeah. I never <laughs> consciously did that, but I... <laughs> I'd be in the bathroom like, oh. Oh, dude. My girlfriend gets mad at me still because <laughs> literally, like, after I'm done, I go, 
Oh, yeah. It's so like you a, don't even do that with me when you're done. No, yeah, no, no, definitely don't, dude. It is, it's unexplainable. It's amazing. Just the do girls feel like relief. that too? I feel like girls can hold their pee for seven days if they have. It's to. unbelievable. First of all, women are savages, soldiers, just just animals when it comes to like physicality, dude, and handling things, giving birth. Yeah. I'm, there's just no way I'm ever going to give birth. So thankful. You know, I wrote an art. I used to be like a, uh, I read, used to head the opinion section in my high school newspaper, and I wrote an article about how thankful I am to not give birth. A yeah. whole fucking article. So there's my weird high school memory there, too, yeah. if you're going to share as well. Yeah, that's that great. shit. I feel like, did they get, did the girls get mad about it, or were they like, They oh, were appreciative. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I did the, uh, is this racist.com? Yeah. Is this sexist.com? Yeah. yeah. Checked in, confirmed. It was a big hit, actually. It's always a good move. Yeah, but I didn't go into gross detail, but I did it like, I was like, I can't imagine that. I mean, whatever. But women are rocks. Yeah. And they deal with us. Dude, they deal with us and our inability to communicate anything to them. Mm-hmm. But also, I feel the same way about <laughs> us, to them, them to us. It's two-way street. It's two-way street, yeah. I mean, there's nothing worse than talking to a girlfriend or ex-girlfriend when, like, you're saying something and she doesn't get it. She's saying something and you You don't don't get get it. it. You're both speaking the same language, but you are not speaking the same language. Absolutely. It's the craziest thing. I've only experienced it a few times, and every time I experience it, I'm like, this is wild. It is. This is wild. In the moment. Yeah. What do that's, you do? That's why people fucking, you know, chug monsters and break drywall. Yeah. You ever done that? Kyle's. Yeah, Kyle's. I definitely threw my phone once at the wall. And that was it. That was I the punched a hole in a wall. That's not me. Yeah, no. That's not that's, us. That's that's definitely We like we we like to laugh and get high yeah. and watch Kirby enthusiasm. I, that's I, us, right? Exactly. <laughs> if I even feel like it may lead to me throwing my phone, I'm like, you're out. <laughs> There's a zero percent chance. I want no drama at all. I want none. Where 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 are the most dramatic girls from? Does it matter? Uh, they're from the nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. They're from the nightclub. They're they're from the surrounding suburbs of a city that the nightclubs are based in, and they are so sweet and innocent when they first arrive. Uh huh. But then Ooh. the nightclub just eats them up. Yeah, the alcohol gets them. Eats too. them up. The alcohol, the flashiness, the the lifestyle, the cocaine, yeah, the uh, money. There's just like, and you watch it, cause like, dude, I've watched it happen to so many nice girls. It's like, I we need to do like a funeral service for them. Fuck yeah, R.I.P. Girls. Yeah, you're better than that. I've watched it happen to too many girls. They get the lip injections. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden, they get the eyebrow extensions. <laughs> <laughs> the eyebrow extensions? <laughs> Are you rapping right now? Lip yeah. injections, eyebrow yeah. extensions? Something like that. I don't know. Tell me about the girls in the Midwest versus Houston. <sighs> I feel like... Tell me about the titties. All right, here's my, my thing, though. When I'm trying to make comparisons, because I'd like to do that a lot... Yeah. When I'm trying to make comparisons right now between nightlife or just life in general in yeah. Houston yeah. versus Chicago, right. 
it's not as easy as saying that because there's more factors that play into it. Like, is this a Houston versus Chicago thing or is this a post-pandemic versus pre-pandemic thing? Well said. You know, so I find myself in that situation all the time right now. Right. I'm like, is this happening because I'm in a different place or is this happening because everybody's in a different place? Yeah, it's probably definitely a combination. Yeah, so it's hard to say, but I feel like the girls in Houston are, are more savage. I think so too. More savages. Are like, they from Texas? Yeah. Sort of like Chicago, like you're from the Midwest yeah, type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. From okay. all over Texas and yeah. shit. There's like there's just like a huge strip club like culture to Houston. <laughs> like, if you want to tip a bartender, you get on the bar, you get ones from the from the nightclub, and you stand on top of the bar and you make it rain on the bartender like you're at a strip club. Wow. Yeah. Like that happens all night. That's energy. People in their sections are just throwing singles. Like, people would do that here, but it was kind of like, you would see that and you're like, yeah, you're a little bit of a douche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Houston, it's just like normal, like, this is what we do. There's like, there's a lot of strip clubs here. We love the strip clubs. We go to the strip clubs after the nightclubs. So we're bringing a little bit of the strip club to the nightclub. <laughs> Bleeds over. Yeah. Okay. That's your vibe, though. That is my vibe, 100%. Yeah, that's your vibe. Anywhere that there's a couple titties hanging out that I could catch is my vibe. (laughs) Did these girls just come up to you? I mean, you know, from like one Jewish guy to another, bro. That's it's just just, just, that life doesn't just come upon you. Is it an energy you cast? Do they come to you? Okay, so the stickers at like when when the whole send news thing first started, the stickers did the work themselves. Yeah, they're sick. I was never like, yo. Take this sticker and put it on your titty or right. put it on your butt. Right. I was like, everybody take a sticker because my name's on it. Yeah. Like, sticker, 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 sticker. Yeah, sticker. hand them out. And then the girls started putting them on just over their clothes on a titty. And then the girls started putting them on their actual titties. And then I was like, okay, now if you want a sticker, you got to you gotta get a sticker. Yeah. Like, you need to know where this sticker goes to get. There you go. But, like, it made itself. That's business. Yeah. Yeah, simple and I, business. I, I mean, there's, I'm definitely a sick fuck. So, <laughs> so when I saw that door open, I fucking lunged for it. Fuck yeah, you did. <laughs> I was like, then you rebuilt the fucking door. I, I didn't, I didn't set out to go down that path. But when I saw the opportunity, I was yeah. like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this forever. I mean, what you do for for, <laughs> for men is. is Greatly appreciated. Yeah, thank you. And now this whole Patreon thing. Patreon is. You started over the past year. Yeah. You started like when? I started in December. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you did you do it for like a multitude of reasons like income, like exclusive content? It's a really cool platform overall. Well, yeah, I have a ton of content that, as time goes on, less and less of it I'm able to post on regular social media. Social right. media gets stricter and more strict and more strict. Have you gotten so, shit taken down? Oh my! I've had like five Instagrams deleted. Really? Yeah, I've had multiple. That's why. That's why my name is Party with Strategy. I mean, I had DJ Strategy. Yeah. Then I had DJ underscore Strategy, and then I had Strategy the DJ, and it, it, and you just restart every time. Yeah, and then I had Party with Strategy. Now I have Party with Strategy underscore. How many followers do you think you've? Like, if those were all accrued, how many would you be at? 
I don't know. I mean, I've lost. I think I have forty one or two thousand right now. I was at like sixty five. I've lost a lot because I can't post the stuff that I used to post. Yeah, fuck. You know, and and that is fine. Like the people that I lost were obviously only there for the titties and the butt. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. There's more were, to you than that. Yeah, it's not like if I were doing something like a podcast and I was like, "Yo, check out this podcast." Like yeah, those yeah. people wouldn't give a fuck. Right, right, right. Are right. the titties on it? No. Yeah, yeah. It's just me talking. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. It doesn't matter whether they're following me or not. Okay. Because they're not going to Maybe for the anything. best. Yeah. Like, yeah, the number looks cool for sure. But in reality, they're not really going to do anything for me. So, yeah, I mean, I've lost a lot. And then the Patreon, I watch a lot of podcasts. Yeah. And learned what Patreon was through them talking about it. There you go. And, uh, and I was like, yo, that's tight. If this is a place that I can post old content post new content that's dirty Mm -hmm. just like start like it's just it if someone's gonna pay money to see what you have to post yeah that is a dedicated person that i want following you know what i'm saying like bro 100 like i said before the twenty thousand people that unfollowed me they don't matter they're never gonna subscribe to my patreon they're never gonna further me and what i'm doing you know what i mean so to me, Patreon is what what you want a social media platform to be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like absolutely, it's, it's 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 not necessarily about the number. Mm-hmm. You know, right now you look at someone's Instagram, the first thing you look at is the number. How many followers do they have? Yep. Patreon's not <laughs> light. It's not like yeah. The more followers you get, the more money you're gonna get. That's cool, but it's it's just about the actual people that are following the community. Yep. The the, the strat pack. <laughs> bro, I'm going to sign up tonight. Nah. No, nah, I want to be. Nah, you're going to get in trouble, bro. Nah, bro. The girl's going to get mad at you. It's going to be a whole thing. I'm no you angel. You get, like, emails. <laughs> you get the, it'll come up on your phone when you're not expecting it. Do like, I get merch? Check out this new butthole. You're gonna be check like, out this new butthole? <laughs> <laughs> That's good marketing. Yeah. But the dude... I hope you realize what you're uncovering here, and it's the 100 or 1,000 real fans idea, right? Yes. That, that if you have see, a, I was like, I wanted to say that, but like, it just, I don't know what I was saying. Strategy, <laughs> you, you have the ability to monetize your real fans, and this is something that I've actually been trying to think of how to actually do this, because it's tough for me as someone like with a real job and... Yeah, uh, sources of income in other ways, right? But I don't make any money off this podcast. This is a labor of love, and I'm more than happy to do that. But something to really consider is you have real fans. I have real fans. Don't you think maybe some of those real fans would pay $10, $25, $50 a month for exclusive pieces of content that yes. you're working hard to do, that you have worked your entire life to build up? Gladly, too, because I... Subscribe to other people's Patreons. Yeah, gladly. There you go. I love, I love their, I love the Tuesdays with Stories podcast. Yeah, I'm subscribed to their Patreon because I get an extra episode. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, so bro. I'm, I'm glad to do that. Exactly. Like, it's not even like, man, this guy wants me to pay. Like, fuck that guy. Exactly. No, they're putting out an episode a week. I want more though. Yep. So I'm gonna pay for more. Yep. You know that's so important. And there are so many other creators out there that feel like if they ask people to pay for more content or even some of their content 
you know, I've been thinking, like, if I maybe only release, let's say it's this interview right now, right? If I only release half of this interview, but you have to pay $5 a month, let's say, to get the whole thing, is that going to hurt me? Is, is that going to be tough for my fans? Are people going to unfollow? Yeah, that's definitely a thought. You know what I mean? But, but the fact of the matter is, if you want me to, like, make, if you want me to give you more, as the person I am as a creator, you know what I mean? I'm a real person just like everybody else and you are too. Yeah. There's effort that goes into this shit. Dude, just just the cutting out of the middleman is the most beautiful thing. Yep. You know, because it's like, as a DJ, you're trying to build this brand so that the place that you're playing at will give you the most money that you can get out of the brand that you built for the fact that maybe these people are going to come to the club yep. and pay them yeah, for drinks. Yeah. So not to say that I want to cut out the club because I want to work at the club still, but yeah. I want my fan base to directly support me rather than supporting me only through yeah. a third party, only yeah. through the club to them pay me. Straight to the You know supplier. what I mean? Like yeah. you're getting the, the money directly from the fans you're giving them a product they have a fun place you know what i mean it's Mm -hmm. it's a community now now it's a bunch of people that are all on the same site that all fuck with this one person or this one brand or whatever it is yeah it's just it's a beautiful thing yeah it's great dude i love that you're doing it what can what can people find on there? What do you got? Buttholes. So I DJ have three, mixes. I have three tiers. That's what I like about Patreon is it's got the tiers, right? Yeah. So for five dollars, I just put out a like a live mix that I recorded over the week from DJ and usually I follow Blind. Maybe oh, you just record blind. those mixes? Yeah. Sick. Put them out. Yeah, once a week. So for five bucks, you can get that. And I even had like I had a girl last Sunday who was like. Oh, you know, I love, we were here two Sundays, like, you're great. Yeah. Do you have any mixes on SoundCloud? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think I have one old mix on SoundCloud, but I was like, listen, I have this Patreon, uh, but I was like, do just, just only sign up for $5. If you are curious about the other tiers, you're not going to like it. Just do the mix thing. I let her know. I was like, it's going to get a little weird after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want the mixes, they're here. Yeah. Um, but yes, and then for 15 bucks and really the only reason I did 15, I want to do five, 10, and then I think 20, uh, but I did 15 because with Patreon, they do, uh, like a loyalty program kind of thing where if somebody is subscribed for three months, they get a sticker. If they're subscribed for six months, they get a mug. Yeah. If they're subscribed for the year, they get something else. I don't know. Yeah. So that you can't do that with ten dollars a month. They don't have like a like a present for the people. Okay. Only for fifteen. So okay. Yeah, it'd be fifteen. Right, right. And then twenty five. Um, and with the fifteen and twenty five, you get like all the old send nudes content, like actual nakedness. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is all. It's not like nudes that were sent to me that I'm posting. Yeah. It's content that I recorded in the club. Right. You know what I mean? Because I have like a million nudes <laughs> that I've gotten over the years. And I'm so terrified that yeah. like I'm going to post something and then it's going to come back and it's bite me. It's going to be the preacher's daughter, because, the senator's yeah, daughter. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't want any of that. I'm not <laughs> like I get consent. Cancel culture, baby. We talked about it. Yeah. Bro, I mean, it. It's terrible. I hate it. But I guess it's good for that because it makes me really think, you know, because otherwise 
I wouldn't be maliciously like, oh yeah, I'm posting all these nudes. Like fuck these girls. All these nudes I have are no face. Yeah. No face, no case. That's always been the motto. Yeah. Uh, but it's still like I'm. I'm just thinking a little bit more ahead. I'm yeah. Like, even if there's not a face in it, this is not something I want to deal with. Yeah, for I sure. Get you know like all the content I have is the stuff that I recorded in the club. My content, um, and then I do like contests and stuff. We did the Olympics. Yeah, that was for the the best boobs. Dude, that was good. <laughs> we did a best butt contest, and then I have girls send in the photos specifically knowing that they're going to be posted on Patreon. Yeah. And uh, we do like a prize, you know, the limp tits. We gave away $200 or $100 third place, 200 for second place, 300 for first place. The best bug contest was just 500 to the winner. There you go. And um, who voted? All the Patreon members. That's amazing. Yeah. So you like, I would post it and then you can comment. So they comment left or right. <laughs> How much did they love that? Oh, it's so, it's so much fun, dude. It's so stupid, but yeah. it's like one of those stupid things that you like look forward to. Yeah. You know, it's, of course. it's like it's and I I was like I was listening to Jordan Burroughs on Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah. Literally talk about how amazing the medal ceremony was to win a medal at the Olympics. He's like describing it and talking about it. I'm like, dude, that sounds great. I should give away a medal for like the best titties. <laughs> <laughs> you should, just, uh, yeah, you should bro. Women that, need to be proud. That's also what I love about the Patreon is I feel like it gives me more confidence to just do the stupid things that I think of. Yeah. Because like these people are here for content. Yep. They're like, yo, I like this guy enough to pay him to see his extra content. Yeah. It's not like a specific thing. It's not like I know I'm going to get an extra podcast a week from this guy. Yep. I don't know what I'm going to post. <laughs> I might think of something tonight that I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. You yep. know what I mean? It's just yep. like, they're like, we're here for it. Yep. Whatever you got, give it to me. I love that. Yeah. it's it. I love that too. It's a great feeling. You brought up something really interesting there. And it's something that, honestly, in the, only the past six months, so I feel like I've unlocked this side of my brain. I'll always, at the beginning of the week, like try and list out what I'm going to post. And I've gotten to a cadence, like, I know every week I got a Sherman in the Booth episode. I know Mondays I like to preview that with a reel. Tuesdays, try and come up with something. Like, a, I sometimes do a hashtag Taurus Tuesday. It's like a me, picture of me traveling or something, right? Thursday, whatever, Friday something. And I'm like, used to get stressed out about what am I going to share? And I want to ask you, because there's a lot of people out there that need to, in my opinion, learn to adapt or die with content especially as a dj with no shows over the past year a lot of people have struggled to come up with what to share do you feel like there's a strategy the strategy the strategy takes that makes sense now that you think okay i know if i put myself in this mindset i can come up with an idea for content or does it just come to you and did that happen originally or what pushed you to get to that point um you know what I mean? Yeah. I, my whole thing was always like, just don't... When I go on social media, I see everybody posting the same thing. Totally like, agree. There's one thing that gets popular. And not not like the like the uh, silhouette challenge. Oh, I'm going to do this challenge. I'm yeah, not talking yeah. about that. I'm not just talking challenges. about like the everyday shit yeah. that people post. Like all, The girls are all posting the same pose with the same duck face with the same lip injections left the same guy's house that morning like, yeah it's all the same yep 
my whole thing is was always like, just make it different. Yeah. Even if you post the same thing, make a cap a caption. <clears throat> excuse me. That makes it funny. Yeah. Or that switches it or something. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. just anything that's not what people are already getting. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of social media is. It's just the same. It's everybody trying to imitate each other. Yeah. So either do that in a funny way or something, like imitate it, but joke about it or something, or just do something completely different. Yeah. Smart. I, I feel like that was always my thing. Look at social media and do what people are not doing. Yeah. Make it your own. Yeah. And it's, yeah, and it's <clears throat> so tough, I feel like. That's why I, I, like, I really like your shit because it is, like I said earlier, unapologetically you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't, you. you had to kind of get to that point, and that's why Patreon's been so cool to see. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because you mean, get yeah, to there's be there's always, you. like, the overthinking, should I post this? That, that's the other thing is, like, it's so not important you know what I mean? You yeah. could post a million things that are just the worst posts ever. <laughs> yeah. And then the million and one, maybe you finally get it and your brain clicks and you post the thing that takes off, it blows up, it goes viral, whatever. Everything before that didn't matter. Yep. It doesn't matter. You just got to post. You just got to do it. You got to force yourself to do it. I remember when my boys first told me, they were like, bro, you got to start like talking to your phone, like talking into your camera. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were like, you got to do what Kirill does. You know. Oh Kirill, my like, God. Yeah. That was kind of, that, that, that dude was definitely like an inspiration dude. for me, for sure. Kirill was here. Yeah. They, I remember them being like, Is he like, still around? Uh, I think, I, so I've, I get his. You must know him, bro. I met him once. Yeah. I get his Linda Feingold emails, <laughs> and I just saw it was like Kirill got his Instagram account deleted again. So yeah. I don't know. I haven't followed him for a minute after a couple of his accounts got deleted. But he was definitely, because we, we went to ASU. Not me. I went to the Mason Community College <laughs> next to ASU. <laughs> My boys went to ASU. Yeah. And uh, Kirill kind of did his thing before he blew up in Arizona a lot. Yeah. So I remember my buddy being like, yo, look at this guy. He was just a photographer at that time where yeah. he pour the champagne on girls and take pictures. Right. And then he sort of blew up into like the, the fucking monster that he became. Insane. But yeah, he was definitely an inspiration. I remember my boy would always be watching his stuff. I lived with three other guys. There was four of us in the house. He'd always be watching his, his Snapchat on the couch you know, yeah. at night and shit. And I would always get, like, I don't even want to watch it. Like, yeah. it makes me uncomfortable to sit here and watch that when I could be doing that. Yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's I like, do. I don't even want to see. I want it. like, let's go out. Yeah, I, like, yep. that. It kind of pumps me up. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, like, this guy's out here doing that. What's stopping anybody from doing that? So true. And, dude, he's a... Low key, kind of ugly motherfucker. He's a he's the uh, ugly Russian Jew, dude. He's <laughs> tough to look at, yeah. <laughs> but he embraced that exactly. That. Yeah, they love that, dude. What he did because he would, he would go to bounce and shit. A lot of I think mm -hmm. I was there. You know what? I actually was in San Diego one time randomly at this club. I was in town for like a festival, and I was at a club the night before it went down. And he was there, and I was like see this in real life now actually and I'm thinking like 
know, there's all these hot chicks here. You're like, what's what, what makes them go do that? And that's when my, the landscape of what the human woman can do and will do. And why will they? I don't fucking know. Because you couldn't get guys to do crazy shit like that. Like, what if there was a female Kirill? I think I'd be in. Would you I'd, be in? I'd pull my dick out and let her pull Yeah, like, what do we do? Do they fucking drink champagne from our dirty fuck? I got a hairy ass. I know yeah, you do, yeah, too. Yeah, you got the ass, bro. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, listen, some girls, they're, they're into it. They're into it? They're into it. They seek us out. Do they? Yeah, some girls are into that. Are they like, Jewish, I'm though? I'm eat that ass. I'm going to eat that ass. Jewish girls, they know. I don't know that I've been with a lot of Jewish girls. I, like, like real Jewish girls. Yeah, like real Jewish girls. Jewish, Jewish. I've been with some dirty Jewish girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Appreciate your honesty throughout this, by the way. Not that I expected no you to be, be hiding yourself, but... This is a very frank conversation. I like that. Yeah. I'm like thinking of one girl. Now I'm thinking, I'm like, where has she been? I used to see her all the time. That's the best when you see a girl all the time, out all the time. You know like she's disappear. Gonna, you go out, you know she's going to be out, and then they just disappear. They, they do, don't they? Just disappear. I feel like the girls do, the guys don't. The girls do because because the girls have done dirt. They've done they don't want to be seen anymore. Dirty things. They do not want to bring this prospective man that they're trying to lock up anywhere near anybody who oh, may let him know right. that she that is dirty. Done dirty things. I fully believe that uh, you know girls go through their whole phase. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. But I don't think that's like a one and done deal. No. I think like any sort of phase, it it comes back around at some point has to you know because and I'm not saying that it's gonna happen like you're with a, a, a woman and all of a sudden her whole face comes back it's gonna happen after you guys break up yeah. you know what I mean like yeah. it's gonna come back but you know what they do what they do in their whole face they may say they're not fully responsible for <laughs> I mean I've heard a girl say one time what I do when I'm blacked out I am not responsible for it damn I've heard it. It's a hard truth. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. God damn. We'd have to, we're going to have to set up another time where we just maybe talk ratchet stories. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We got to wrap this or what? Patreon content. No, no, no. You got something you want to ask me? Um, yeah, I want to ask you what, um, What was like the most memorable at this point milestone that you hit with the podcast that you can remember where where it was like, yeah, I'm doing this podcast and it's cool and it went to like, yeah, I'm doing this podcast like this is my shit. Right. Great question. You got to think for this, bro. You got to do it. I'd love to help you, by the way. Set it all up and I shit. I would love for your help. I got you. You got a 6K camera I could borrow or what? <laughs> I got 18K. <laughs> <laughs> shit, the moment that I was really like, yeah, this is going down. It was actually before like this whole setup and shit. I think really... It was maybe before episode 100, actually. 
I think it might have been, you know, I had five, you know, five fives from, mm-hmm. he used mm-hmm. to be the general manager of the med. Yeah, Danny Deal's husband. Yeah, Danny Deal's husband, yep. And uh, my buddy, actually, he was helping me just try and get guests and shit, and I was trying to bounce a bunch of stuff, and he emailed fine. I was like, no way that guy is going to respond, you know what I mean? I was, like, thinking much less of myself than I was, and yeah. I, still, I still do in a lot of ways. Um, just cause I try and stay humble. You know what I mean? You got it. But, sure. Yeah. But he said yes. And he came on and I was so nervous and I was like, I can't talk to this guy. What's this guy doesn't want to talk to me. And I just like fell into this natural element of like, I've been fucking this person my whole life. Like I said, and I share so many of the same interests and passions as this guy. He's on another level than me. But when it comes down to it, when you're having a one-on-one conversation, all that shit goes to the side. All of that status and who you are. And, and he's a very special person in that regard. But I was like, damn, I just interviewed that guy. And it was like one of the best interviews I ever had. And it was actually the first interview that I had on camera. So I was like, I got that recorded on video. Nice. This is real. Yeah. What I'm doing is tangible. Did you find yourself like in the middle of doing it where you were kind of like, you realize that you went from like a nervous person to just like it's happening and I'm not even realizing but it's just flowing definitely yeah definitely I was right before he walked in I was like I'd like to cancel (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to cancel but uh how often do you feel like you want to cancel even though what is this episode 157 7 uh right yeah like even before I came here, I'm like, it's back to the don't be lazy thing. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with, like, you or anything. But it's like, I just want to go home and, like, watch Netflix. Totally, bro. You know what I mean? But It's, it's always like, going to be there. Yeah. It's always going to be there a little bit. Well, there's, it's, yeah, it's just something. No matter what. I think even Bill Gates has his days. You know what I mean? Or yeah. he's, I, maybe he smokes weed. I mean, he's based in Seattle, so yeah. probably. But, yeah, there's there's always a little bit of the... I'd love if this was moved, or I'd love if it wasn't today. Maybe he'll cancel. Maybe he'll cancel. That's the other thing about working with people is, like, it helps so much when you work with somebody that has a good drive to them. Because even if you have a good drive, which you obviously clearly do, you're on episode 157, there could be that day that comes up when you're like, well, maybe he'll cancel and then he does, and you can still fall into that trap of letting yourself, like, okay, well, he canceled. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, and even, and even, and that's the thing is, I really try and stand on the ground of I don't cancel. Yeah. I don't push. If I do, it's rescheduled right then, right there. Mm-hmm. And that has been very tough because I'm always trying to balance a lot of things in life. But, that's also the thing too, bro. And to anybody else out there, when somebody does cancel on you and you had that time lined up, because people cancel, what are you going to do with that time? Are you going to say, all right, thank God? Or are you going to use that time to your advantage? Because yeah, now you have that free time. So I definitely have those moments and people do cancel. People do move. It happens. But the fact of the matter is you have to just keep going and keep staying consistent. And it's really tough. And it's like you said, I'll get the podcast done, bro. You know what I mean? But, like, I got an intro that I got to do tomorrow morning Mm -hmm. for the episode coming out this Wednesday. And right after this, I've got a little something I need to do. And then I got another interview on Thursday. 
Tomorrow, I got another call. Wednesday, something else. Weekends, what are you using for your weekend? So now I'm trying to think about like when gigs start coming back, like how to balance everything. So. Yeah, after everything, there's a very small window of like uh, relief, and then it turns right into the next. Okay, but now it's time to do this. It always feels better when you do it, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, 100%, yeah. and that's the thing too is like. Like, when you walked in the door today, I was like, I'm so pumped for this interview, actually. So, yeah. I did not even have a, I'll tell you the truth, I did not even have a fucking shadow of doubt where, and I knew you were coming in, too, so I was like, this is going down. We're going, this is going to go down. So, but sometimes, of course, like, people will, especially, like, uh, remote interviews and stuff, yeah, that so always seems like can be, yeah, it does, but it's been good, because I, I love this. Yeah, yeah. I like the person coming over and hanging out, and we talk, and then we mm-hmm. get into the zone, and then the remote interviews are essential, though, to growth. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you gotta work. You gotta work with what you got. It's such a great ability to be able to interview somebody who's not with you. It's tough. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, because you gotta carry that energy remotely mm-hmm. when we're so used to these things going down in person. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, good question though. You got to start a podcast, dude. I got one, but uh, but but that's kind of my thing. Is is I feel like I'm in the training grounds right now of the consistency mm-hmm. and also learning how to podcast. Make it as easy as possible for yourself from a setup perspective, right? Like how you're gonna upload it. What are the intros gonna look like? Your cover art, like come out swinging, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you can do it. You got to come up with a strategy. How often are you going to release? What's everything going to look like? What's the pre-promo, post-promo? Are you willing to put in a year of work up front? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Not even 100%. Like because I, I love doing it. It's fun like, as fuck, when dude. When you're done, you just feel great. You yep. feel so good. You, yep. I learned a bunch of shit. I said a bunch of shit. Yeah. I, we had a good time. It's just like you're on a high for sure. So I I'm love on a high. I love doing it. This was a pretty untraditional episode too. Yeah. Well, usually it's like we just started talking. And I love that actually. And this has just been raw. Yeah, it's definitely been just going. And I definitely got lost in time. I told I told some people that uh I was gonna be home at nine. And I, mean, I, I, I already told them I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of the story is yeah. being yourself is the best thing in the fucking world. 100%. And it's so easily said, but not really easily done. Yeah. You know? I feel like the social media age has really hurt that. It's crazy, dude. It's so crazy. The things that I like hear and see people say in real life that they truly believe is reality. Yeah. But you just know it's not. Yep. But they believe it. I mean, to them, it is their reality. They are living in their own world of their head, of their Instagram, of all of that. And that is their reality. So that is what they go with. Yeah. And how many of these people do you see on social media that you end up meeting in real person, in real life, and you're like, 
It's yeah. What? It's terrible. And then and then there are also people that I despise over social media that I've never met in person. They're usually the best. That are usually the best. Yeah. It's, it's always the opposite. I don't get it. It's like the beautiful relationship that's amazing. <laughs> and work, traveling through France, backpacking together. Like yeah. This page looks incredible. They're probably fucking beating each other up at the yep. end of the night. You know what yep. I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it's the people that you have no idea even exist. Who have the great relationship that are yeah you know it's crazy i really hope that this next generation or us even us man can like fucking i don't know snap out of it let's connect with each other again in reality yeah for sure we need that we need that 100 percent. hopefully that comes back with uh things opening up and people going back out into the real world yeah, it'll be interesting yeah. how it happens, how yeah. people go out. I mean, I could tell you from being in Texas where they are 100% open. Yeah. Uh, the nightclub is really the only place that it feels normal because everybody's drunk and their inhibitions are lowered mm-hmm. and they're not thinking 24-7 about coronavirus killing them and their entire family. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's like when you're at Target and it's that awkward, like, ladies looking at something here you're in the aisle like am i allowed to scoop yeah if i get too close to her is she gonna call the police like there's still like this crazy weird disconnect between people in public dude it's ridiculous i know i hope at the very least it makes us more conscious of germs i think that's been a really good thing yeah, I mean, you're talking to a guy who licks girls' faces in the nightclub. and But you wash s- your hands now. Let some spit tequila into my mouth. Uh, I will wash my hands. Here's my thing about washing hands. Yeah. Don't touch the dick, don't have to. Well, even if I touch my dick. Yeah. If I'm out, my dick, the last place that it was, was in between my hands with a bunch of fucking Old Spice. You know what I'm saying? That thing is clean as a whistle. Are you a shower jerk offer? Or no, is that no, I'm a just clean? Saying, like I, okay. I'm not jerking off in there. That's dangerous jerking off with the soap because Dude. it's in your dick. It's not good. I've done that when I was little. I'm just saying, like cleaning it. You right. Know what I mean, I'm you clean it. You off. clean your dick like this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at it, like it's Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> cool. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah, I wash it, and then I get out of the shower, I put it into my boxers, I put my pants on top of my boxers for extra protection. Then, if I'm in the bathroom, and I pull my dick out, and I just so happen to have to grab it, sometimes you don't even have to touch no, it. No, yeah. The, like, that's the cleanest part of my entire body. I should be washing my hands before I even touch my dick. Yeah. If I pee on myself, I'll wash my hands. If I get out with no urine on my fingers... Yeah. I'm good. Can we normalize washing your hands before you piss? I would like to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like, like, I'm DJing. I try and drink a lot of water so and I can't hold my piss for the life of me. So I'm peeing a lot. Yeah. And the soap in uh, any establishment that's not your home where you spend good money on soap just dries your hands out. It's true. And I'm up there like working with my hands. I'm trying to grab the CDJs before I know it. I'm just sliding right off it because my hand's so dry. Like, it's a real, it's a real problem. This is tough. It's a real problem. That was one of the most Jewish DJ things I've ever <laughs> <in my> life. <laughs> I got these dry ass hands, man. Yeah. I gotta get some lotion. Yeah. That is real. That's that's real tough. <laughs> that's tough. 
I appreciate the transparency on that and throughout this interview, bro. I gotta say, this has been one of my absolute favorite ones of all time. Yeah, thank you. I've had a, a blast, bro. This has been, been such a pleasure. For those that don't know, you are a DJ. I am a DJ, yeah. Coming back to Chicago as soon as possible. Yeah, hopefully one weekend a month. That's my goal. Where at? And, do and you know where be, at yet? Um, hopefully I could do a night in Milwaukee. Hopefully I can coordinate the two together. You For know? sure. And then uh, I'm not sure. There's some new spots opening. Hopefully Soundbar open. So before I left, I was doing... Obviously, Bottle Blonde's gone, so yeah. I was there Thursday, Friday. We were doing yeah. Tao late night. Yeah. So hopefully, Tao. Yeah. Uh, I was doing Soundbar on Saturdays, Underground a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, half Day on Tuesdays. I think they're going to open back up. Fremont Brunch. Yeah, there's a bunch of places I got to talk to. I think Social 25's opening back up. Treehouse is a new spot, which used yeah. to be Old Crow. Yeah. Tunnel. There's some options. <laughs> All the options, baby. Yeah. Fucking DJ Strategies in line. I'm going to be there. Let's go, man. I ain't going nowhere. Let's go. And what's going on with Dolo? He's coming back with you, too? No, Dolo is, uh, bro, he, this man loves Texas. <laughs> this guy has a fucking full-blown crib like Scarface. No shit. Pool in the backyard with a what? waterfall. Two palm trees sitting up top. Like, he loves Texas. So he took advantage of that fucking real estate out yes, there. Dude. We always yes. hear, if you move to Texas and you have $400,000, here's where you can get for Chicago, right? Yes, bro. <laughs> yes. And they were not lying. Good for him. Yeah. Hey, as long as he's happy. Oh, he loves it. He loves it. Hell yeah, bro. That's awesome, man. Well, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you, though, for real. Thank you, One bro. last cheers. Cheers. Cheers oh. to Judaism and culture. Yeah. L'chaim. L'chaim. Yeah, you gotta get a little more. <laughs> oh, hi, um. there, you go. there we go. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, hi, um. <laughs> if someone doesn't think you're about to spit on them, you didn't do it. Right, mm. You know? Yeah, I heard I heard that before actually, and I think that's really <laughs> as good advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that concludes our interview. <laughs>